You are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real MrACL.com, this is the ACL Pod featuring Kevin Wags. I give you A. And with that, we are back. The ACL pod featuring the one and only Mr. Cap and Wags. I am ACL. He is Wags. Twitter and the gram at the real Mr. ACL at Cap and Wags. The website acl-sports.com. We finished up Wags with college football last week. All five conference preview pods are out. Definitely check those out. In the archives, we gave a free play out for each conference, so take a listen to those. And today, we start the NFL previews. We do, we are doing a little bit different this year, so we're doing two divisions per pod. Today, AFC East, AFC North. Later this week, the other two divisions in the AFC will be giving out a free play per pod. So definitely check out the free play at the end of the show on one of the eight teams. Wags, the AFC East, man, I will tell you, AFC East and AFC North, probably for my money, the absolute two best divisions in football this year. Ready to talk some NFL, specifically AFC East, AFC North, man. Definitely ready to talk the NFL. Uh, definitely ready to talk the these two divisions. Uh, we're definitely jumping right into it. As you mentioned, two of the top teams in or top conferences Um Top divisions Division. within the NFL. There we well, go. Yeah. See, we're we're all still getting back in. We're, <laughs> we're getting back in here. it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, no, def- definitely ready for it. I mean, you got the Bills, you got the Dolphins, you got the Bengals, you got the Jets this year. So, uh, yeah, definitely some of the better or the top betting teams, you know, this year that we should see. Jets fans, obviously, hopeful, and we'll we'll get into them in a little bit. Um, but who, who are we diving into first here, ACL? Well, we're going to be diving into the AFC East. And just to let you guys know, so some teams we'll be, you know, talking more about. Some teams we'll be talking less about. Uh, we're going to be hitting on all eight teams, though, within these two divisions. So we're going to be starting with the AFC East, and then we're going to be hitting on the North. So uh, to give you a little rundown, Wags, of what's going on in the AFC East, the division numbers. The Buffalo Bills are the favorites. Last year, they were the odds-on. They are not this year. AFC East odds to win the division. Bills plus 120, Jets plus 270. The Hard Knocks, Aaron Rodgers led Jets. Miami Dolphins, the two led Jets for who knows how long, three to one. And Bill Belichick pulling up the rear with the New England Patriots, eight to one to win the AFC East. But Wags, we start with the Buffalo Bills, who this time last year, when we were doing their preview pod, they were the Super Bowl favorite Buffalo Bills. They are not this year, they're not even the favorites in the conference, but they are the favorites in, in the division. Their win total 10 and a half minus 150. If you want to go over on the bills plus 130, if you want to go under that number, as I mentioned to win the division plus 120, they are the favorites to win the AFC plus 450 to win the Super Bowl. They're not the favorites, but they're still in single digits nine to one to win the Super Bowl. wax for me, look 47 and 18 in the regular season for this bills team. The last three years, just a remarkable number. However, Zero, zero, forget a Super Bowl win, zero Super Bowl appearances for this Bills team. Your thoughts on this Buffalo Bills team headed into the year, the AFC favorite Buffalo Bills? 
Yep, nine to one this year. They were six to one and the favorites last year to win the Super Bowl. I was on them. I was wrong. Um, but yeah, look, they're the most elite, one of the most elite teams in football over the past several years. As you mentioned, 47 and 18, winning at least 10 games over the last four seasons. Um, yeah, they have not been back to a Super Bowl since 1993. Jim 30, Kelly, baby. 30 years ago. Uh, they were in four straight Super Bowls. I believe they lost all four. I believe that's um, correct. Uh, you from can, what I hear, I think there was a kicker named Scott Norwood, possibly. That, <laughs> yes, uh, sure. Bill fans are, are probably not too happy with me right now. Um, but look, they offensively they were the number two offense in football last season, putting up almost 400 yards a game, third highest scoring offense with just under 28 points a game. On offense, they do lose a couple of running backs, uh, but bring back James Cook, who should be solid. Um, but it's their passing game, and Josh Allen is really, you know, kind of their bread and butter there, um, and will continue to become a more accurate thrower. And I think that's really important uh, for the success of this Bills team. They have Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis, they bring in an extra tight end on top of Dawson Knox um, in Dalton Kincaid, who is a great, great college um, pass catcher. Um, Schedule-wise, top 10 toughest schedule. The the entire AFC East has a top 10 toughest schedule. I I have the Bills at 8, ACL. uh, I have them at 4, yeah. I mean, you you and I use slightly different metrics when we're making our strength of schedule, so it's going to be roughly in the same ballpark. Yeah, you you said 8. Yeah, I have them at yeah, eight. I, have I mean, look, yeah, yep. exactly. So, you know, it's a, it's a tough schedule. Um, they have the ability to definitely start off 6-0. and oh. I mean, it's going to be tough. Don't get me wrong. They have to play. They open up at the Jets. Um, Minus one know. and a half on Monday Night Football. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, obviously a big game and, and an emotional game for the Jets is they're, you know, obviously wanting to start off 1-0. There's a lot of hype around them. We'll get into them, I think, next. Um, then they have Vegas at home. Should be a win at Washington. Should be a win. Miami at home. I say it should be a win. It's a tough game, but uh, it's a home game in division. Should win that. Then they have Jacksonville in London. Um, Jacksonville mm-hmm. definitely a tough team. Bills will be favored, but something really to make note of is that the Jaguars are playing in London, but it's their second week in a row playing over there. So like, they're like that's their like de facto home stadium exactly. as well. They've, they've gone over there for ten years in a row. Yep. So this counts as a home game for Buffalo. So instead of having nine home games, eight away, it's eight, eight and one. Um, Jacksonville gives their home game away uh, the week the week before. I think uh, they play at Tottenham and then Wembley against the Bills. Um, But again, Jacksonville is going to have a slight edge just in the sense that, you know, that they're going to be used to being there. They're there for a few weeks um, where the Bills have to come in and and adjust pretty quickly. Then they get the Giants at home. So, you know, those are the first six games. If they can beat Jacksonville, uh, you know, open up against the Jets and and win, which, you know, it's going to be a very tough game. And Jacksonville, look, I think at worst they're you know, at worst, I guess they're three and three, but you know, I think they're likely four and two, five and one. Um, and then they, they really kind of get into it. Um, you know, at new England, Tampa should be a win at Cincy. Then they have Denver at home, um, jets again at Philly, at Kansas city, Dallas at the chargers. Like the back half of the schedule is (laughs) not easy. And they have to play Miami at the end of the year. Um, so, you know, they, they better start off really hot. Something to note, uh, pretty interesting. I was reading this. Buffalo is only 3-10 and 10 against the spread in the last two years versus teams that are 60% or better um, as far as winning percentage. 
So it's a good nugget. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when they play good teams, they don't cover, um, and that's something to kind of keep in mind. You mentioned the schedule. I I will talk about three metrics for each team that I always look at when looking at futures, win totals, et cetera. That's strength of schedule, point differential, and turnover differential. We mentioned strength of schedule. We both have them as a top, having a top 10 strength of schedule in terms of difficulty, meaning number one would be the most difficult. So I have Buffalo number four in the entire NFL as far as most difficult schedule. So that's that's negative. From a point differential wags, meaning what their point differential differential was the year before, we're talking about Pythag, we're talking about win expectation, et cetera. It just gives kind of that baseline of where the team was last year, not on paper as far as how many games they actually won. The Minnesota Vikings being a perfect example of a team with a lower Pythag and a high win total. The the point differential number really gives a a snapshot of where a team's expected wins were, right? So this team was plus 169 points last year, which was tops in the entire entire AFC. The Chiefs were plus 127. So the Bills on paper, at least as far as win expectations, metric, et cetera, were the actual actually the best team in the AFC. Now playoffs, you know, playoff Patrick Mahomes coaching, et cetera. That's different once you hit once you hit the playoffs, but just from where this team was last year headed into this year, absolute best team in the AFC. And then from a turnover differential, I mean this team won thirteen games last year with a zero, zero turnover differential. Right. Oftentimes you'll see, you know, plus seven, plus eight added a win or two on onto um a team's wins from the previous year. Buffalo, zero turnover differential last year. So certainly if they had the ball bounce their way you know, one way or the other last year, they could have gotten to 14 or 15 wins. We might be having a very different conversation here. So yeah, it's that. crazy about yeah. that is, you know, that their defense was very good, right? Yeah. You know, and their offense is very good. So it's like, you would think that they would probably be somewhere around the plus 10 um, and, and they're not. So, you know, that it, it's interesting. Is it concerning? Maybe is it, you know, something that should bounce their way this year? Maybe. So, you know, only time will tell. And, and, you know, it's just something that we don't know, but as I look closer at this, I mean, if you go from November 5th all the way on, they play, I think those are the last nine games, at Cincinnati, mm-hmm. De- Denver, who's going to be much improved in my opinion. Yes, it's at home. Home against the Jets, at Philly, they have a bye, at Kansas City, Dallas, at the Chargers, New England, and Miami on the road. Not easy. Not easy. And and, and the other aspect to the schedule I mean, those is – Those are all losable games. Absolutely. I always look at this when it comes to Buffalo because as far as when are their home games. So if, if in, in other words, if you play Buffalo at Buffalo in September, it is very different if you play Buffalo at Buffalo in December, right? Just from a, a temperature, potential snow, snowstorm, sleet, whatever. So a lot of their home games, the majority of their home games, if you take a look, front, are in the upper loaded. half. Exactly. Yep. So that's a downside as well. I mean, the schedule makers did them no favors this year. And then that that at Miami game wags, that's always a tricky game when you have this cold weather team who's who's up in, you know, cold weather, et cetera. And then they go down to Miami. I don't care if it's January, it's still gonna be hot and humid down there. Um so that's interesting as well. And Miami in on 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 the other side, they get to play in Buffalo, October first, as opposed to December. So for them, yep. it's 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 huge. And Miami so, at Miami at home against the spread against Buffalo is nine and six since two thousand eight, right. so. which makes absolutely perfect sense to me. Yep, absolutely. So yeah, um, I, as we mentioned, look, 
this team won 13 last year, 11 the year before, and their 10, their win total is 10 and a half this year for a reason. I, I certainly think most, if not all of that has to do with the schedule. 11 wins gets you um, to where you need to be if you have the over here. And from a turnover differential, point differential standpoint, certainly would lean over, but that schedule has me laying off this Buffalo team for now. Yeah. Same um, yeah. Definitely. Right. Definitely get behind that. Absolutely. All right. Moving along. Not much going on in the offseason for the Jets, right? Um, Here we go. Hard knocks, baby. New York Jets wag season win total. Nine and a half. Yes, I said that right. Nine and a half wins for the New York Jets. Minus 115 on the over. Minus 105 if you want to go under. To win the division, the the Jets, plus 270. To win the conference wags. To win the conference, meaning to go to the Super Bowl. New York Jets, 10 to 1. Almost single digits. They are single digits in some shops, and that number is only going to go down. This happens every single year with hard knocks. The public sees it. They bet. Not saying that they're wrong. I'm just saying that's what's going to happen. Super Bowl, 16 to 1. I have seen as low as 12 to 1 on the New York Jets to win the Super Bowl. Um, we'll just start with this, Wags. Your thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers signing? Obviously, the answer to that is it's an upgrade from Zach Wilson. It's an upgrade from Mike White, um, but just overall team chemistry. It feels like, you know, from watching Hard Knocks, player quotes, et cetera, it's sort of a rejuvenated team, if you will, now that Aaron Rodgers is there in the building. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, the guy brings a pedigree that, you know, is you know almost second to none, but he also brings a little bit of this swagger, but I would say it in a little more of a negative way. Um, you know, he sometimes rubs some people the wrong way, let's put it that way. And it's not only in the building, but it's also outside of the building. So um, it'll be interesting to see how Aaron Rodgers kind of settles in New York, one of the biggest places after coming from, you know, Podunk, Wisconsin. And, you know, I don't want to be mean to any of the Green Bay fans. It is completely different. And I'm sure Green Bay and Wisconsin folks are very happy that they're not New York and, and vice versa um, with New York. But, uh, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is, is actually probably better suited for a New York um, environment. Um, I think he likes the attention. I think he likes, you know, kind of being a star and, and, and in that, you know, kind of that big city atmosphere. So we'll, we'll see how kind of he – he settles into that role. Um, yes, a as you mentioned, ACL, and then you know it's a huge upgrade from Zach Wilson. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is actually one of the best quarterbacks to take snaps in the NFL. Um, he's a fantastic quarterback, and and yes, you know I I know the arguments against him and whatnot, but he is um, he you know he's huge. Zach Wilson's been a bust so far, so this is a huge upgrade. Just yesterday, they add Dalvin Cook to go kind of in that backfield mm-hmm. al- alongside newly activated right off the, the pup list, PUP list, Brees Hall, who looked fantastic last year until he got hurt. Um, so we'll see. You know, I think that's a huge kind of uh, upgrade and lift, you know, keep fresh legs with Cook and Hall uh, as he kind of starts getting acc- acclimated. Um, Garrett Wilson, extremely impressive as a rookie. Yes. And, and, you know, especially with a subpar quarterback in Zach Wilson. So I think a lot of people expect Wilson's numbers to skyrocket with Aaron Rodgers. I don't expect it. I don't see it personally. I think 
he'll still be a, a very good asset for the Jets. But I think Aaron Rodgers does spread it around. They bring in other weapons, you know, Alan Lazard, who he already has chemistry with, Miko Hardman from the Chiefs, who's a flyer. So, um, yeah, look, I don't think Garrett Wilson's numbers drops, but I just don't think they're going to exceed what they were, which was already an incredible rookie year. He's getting a ton of fantasy hype, man. I mean, oh, I know tons. people that are taking him early on, you know, triple-digit catches expected, 1,500 yeah. yards, 10 touchdowns kind of thing. Well, so I think my whole kind of subtle message here, which is now not so subtle, is don't buy on the news, right? Everybody wants – Garrett Wilson, he's going to improve this and that. I think he's going to be great. I just don't think he – I think he's overvalued. Sure. And, and fans, it's all relative think, to draft position or uh, an auction exactly. amount. No, yeah, totally. Look, exactly. so I think, you know, Amon Ra is a great receiver. Yeah, but I'm not taking him over Justin Jefferson and, you know, sure. or, or even maybe even, you know, Stephon Diggs. Like, you know, he's still kind of slightly behind them. So um, – but Garrett Wilson's right there, right? I think he's right there. I think – um, he's behind these guys, but you know, I think there's some people, especially Jets fans, that are probably taking him, you know, first first round, and he's not a sure. first round guy. Um, to me, he's he's a late second. But you know, again, I digress here. Um, defensively, they're just as solid, dude. This Ooh. Jets team is they getting are, all man. the hype. Uh, they were ranked number two last year in points per game. Sauce Gardner, again, two like another young guy, fantastic last year. He's going to have to play. Very similar, you know, hopefully his head didn't get too big for them to uh, keep winning as they play a lot of pass-heavy teams with really stud wide receivers. I mean, if he could shut them down, um, yeah, I think I almost buy this hype with the Jets um, as much as it pains me to say because I, you know, Jets are probably the team that I, you know, as a fan growing up, I dislike the most. So um, I will say one thing to note here, Jets have one of the toughest schedules. We mentioned that. I have them. I don't know where you have them. I know we do it differently. I have them number two. I have them number seven. So we're both okay, top ten. So, yeah, so yeah, whatever top, metrics yeah. we're using. Yeah, they gotta play at, yeah, they gotta play at Dallas. They gotta play Kansas yep. City. They gotta play at Denver. At Denver, mile high. Very tough yep. place to play. And, you know, they play Philly, the Chargers, Cleveland. I mean, and that's only that's outside of their division right so mm -hmm. um yeah i i mean i i like this team i like how they built it i think a lot's gonna have to do with how aaron look aaron Rodgers is getting old you know he's not a young buck anymore so how is he gonna handle it how is he gonna handle new york how's you know how's that gonna play out um does he stay healthy because if not guess what you got zach wilson um he has experience but it ain't aaron Rodgers. so uh we'll see along with zach wilson way so what i want to talk about was was mike white obviously we'll we'll get to him when we talk about the Dolphins, but here are three names that are important this year, potentially Tim Boyle, Chris Devler, and Zach Wilson. Those are the backup quarterbacks, for the New York Jets, Mike White, arguably one of the better backups in the entire NFL. He's now with the Dolphins. So if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt and you have an over nine and a half ticket, I don't think you're feeling too good about it. So yeah, we'll see about Mike White. I, I have, I think we might have differing opinions on him, but uh, the question is, will we see Mike White? That's the question. Will we I mean, see Mike White? Probably. I don't know. He, yeah, we'll talk about we, it when we get to the Dolphins. We, we got two what, next. So. Yes, yes. One thing I would, the 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 uh, the numbers on the Jets. I mentioned strength of schedule for me. Number seven point differential last year, negative twenty. So obviously, obviously, 
when you go from Zach Wilson to Aaron Rodgers, there, there's a reason they were negative 20, and I fully expect that number to be on the plus side this year. But again, that basically brings back the entire defense from last year. So they were still negative 20. Turnover differential, they were minus seven. Once again, I get it. A lot of that has to do with Zach Wilson and his seven interceptions last year compared to only throwing six touchdown passes. So um, lots of change. I mentioned the hard knocks effect. We talk about that every single year with whatever team is on hard knocks. If you like overs on the Jets or if you like futures on the Jets, get them in now as opposed to four weeks from now because that number is going to keep going up as the public watches hard knocks and presents the Jets in a positive light, especially with all the Aaron Rodgers stuff. Yeah, three of the last four games on the road at Miami, home versus Washington, which you could almost pencil a W assuming mm-hmm. Rodgers is quarterback, at Cleveland, at New England. Very tough, tough last, you know, three out of your last four. Certainly is. All right, moving along in the AFC East, the third team, the team that has the third best odds to win the Miami Dolphins, the Tua led Miami Dolphins Wags win total nine and a half plus 100. On the over, minus 120, if you want to go under, there are some nines popping as well, heavily juiced to the over. To win the division, 3-1. to one. To win the conference, 12-1. to one. To win the Super Bowl, 25-1. to one. We could talk all day about Tua Wags. I get it. If he's healthy, they're better. If he's not, they're worse. Completely agree with that. Can he stay healthy? We'll see. He's been taking some jujitsu classes, is my understanding, this offseason to learn how to fall better, to learn how to take hits. He's put on some extra weight. I'm all for that. Uh, I think it's 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 also fairly uh, obvious to say if he gets another major concussion, not only is he going to be out for an extended period, two to four weeks, that could end his career. So certainly, you know, hope that he's healthy, hope that that's not an issue this this season. But obviously then bringing in Mike White from the Jets, uh, it is something that is on their minds as well. Your thoughts on, on the Dolphins, along with bringing in Fanny Pack Fangio, as the DC from Denver, who I think is probably the, the, the arguably the best off season coaching hire in the entire NFL. Uh, I'm telling you, I think you're reading my notes. So I'll get to that. <laughs> I'm not in I a promise. second, but yeah, you said it to a, to a, to a, he's going to be the, the key to the dolphin success on offense, their offensive line still mediocre at best. Um, they're having some issues on the line. Um, Eichenberg, not, not, not it, not, not, not doing his job. You know, it's pretty, pretty much a turnstile there. Um, so two is going to have to avoid hits and get the ball out quickly for the Dolphins to have a good shot to score a lot of points. They were 11th last year offensively. They bring back the weapons to do it again. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Um, they had another speedster on offense in the draft with a chain from A&M um, to go in the backfield with Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Mike McDaniel sh- should see success here again, assuming Tua could stay healthy. He preaches speed. He has the speed. Um, the Dolphins offense will be fun to watch if the offensive line can block or if Tua can stay healthy on the field and get the ball out of his hands. On defense, definitely some concern now. They they, they signed Jalen Ramsey. Um, he's going to be out for some time. He hurt his knee. Uh, that's a big Xavier, injury. Yeah, that's a big injury. injury. I mean, that's um, huge. Especially because Xavier Howard last year took about three steps back. Yep. Didn't look like himself. So um, if he can get back on track, he might be able to buy some time there. But, and here is my big circle and highlight that ACL stole my thunder. The biggest acquisition here is Vic Fangio. And Impact, in, baby. 
and in my opinion, possibly the most underrated and not yeah. talked about acquisition, not of the entire coaching offseason, but of entire coaching and player offseason. I agree. Fanny Pack Fangio, this guy is a defensive master, a guru. The Dolphins um, should put him, maybe even start building a statue for him for a defensive coordinator. Ooh, already? That's, that's how already much building I love statues for Fanny yeah. Pack. All right. All right. Uh, I don't anyway, need it. Yeah, I think he's great. I think he's a great defensive coordinator, not a good head coach. Um, again, schedule is tough. Uh, I have the Dolphins. Let me bring it up. Um, at number seven, straight. I have number three. Okay, it's tough. So, the entire AFC East is tough, by the way. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> they're I mean, they're all top ten. You can just throw a dart yeah. at any of the top ten numbers. Um, look, they have similar opponents, obviously, than the, than the whole division. This division, they get um, you know Kansas City and Philly and um, Dallas, and you know they got to go to Baltimore late in the year, actually on on New Year's Eve. So. That's a tough game. I mean, um, and and not to mention the Dolphins start off back to backs on the road at L.A. and then at New England. Yep. So you know you have to travel across the country to the L.A. play a game there against a very very tough Chargers team, which is going to be a great game in my opinion. Actually, for uh, you know in my my eyes, I not not because I'm a Dolphin fan, but just in general, that's going to be hugely highlighted game. Not only because you know it's uh, two good teams, but you got Tua versus Herbert and everybody was talking about who you're going to take in that draft. So that'll be hyped up. Herbert, um, I, th- I believe they played last year and Herbert got, got the best of them in that game. If I'm not mistaken, it was one of those games. He threw like five touchdowns or something crazy. Yeah. So, yeah I mean, maybe Tua will be on, uh, on revenge alert there. Nah, the Chargers are two and a half in that game right now. Okay. And then they got to travel across back home, back East to New England to play a divisional opponent um, yep. before they come home and get Denver at home. Um, who, again, you know, I expect Russell Wilson to to improve this year. Um, not to say, I'm not sure where he'll he'll get to, but um, that'll be a tough game. And then they got to go back up to Buffalo. So those first four games, three on the road, um, all four, you know, for the Dolphins, to be honest, are losable. You know, at best, in my opinion, they'll be two and two. Um It'll be tough to to get out of that three and one or better, um, but yeah, I mean the, the schedule is really tough, and you know it'll it'll be interesting. And I think everything's going to ride on Tua, right? Um, can he stay healthy? You mentioned Mike White. I actually see a quarterback um, battle happening right now between Mike White and Skylar Thompson, Skyler. who was that? Yeah. So I yeah. think Skylar's playing better right now. I think my guess is obviously the Dolphins want Mike White to, to kind of step into that number two. Um, but Skylar Thompson, in my opinion, has been outplaying him in the preseason so far. Skylar looked good in some games late in the year last year. So yeah, look, I mean, they, there's that they were in the playoffs and, and without Tua, I mean, Skylar <laughs> Thompson almost beat the Buffalo bills last year. Um, <laughs> That's what I was referring to. Yep. Double so, digit dogs. And he, he almost takes them in there and, uh, yeah, that was, and, that was wild. Beats the Probably, Buffalo bills. Yeah. Here are Crazy. the numbers that I have on the Dolphins Wags. We mentioned strength of schedule. I have them third, third most difficult in the entire NFL this year. Point differential last year, minus two. So right around the 500 team, they outperformed by about half a game or so. Turnover differential last year for the Dolphins, minus seven. Minus seven. So if you get that number down to maybe even, maybe even plus one or two, we're talking about a 10, maybe 11 win team. You can add I mean, to a playing to there. They got the right coach to do it. Let's yeah, put it that way. I love the coaching staff, love what they've done. 
to his numbers wags, 21 and 13 as a starter in the NFL. The problem is availability, right? Started just nine of 16 games as a rookie, just 12 of 17 and 21 and just 13 of 18 last year. They lose Mike Gusecki to the Patriots, but they do return 20 starters. So, I mean, this is a team essentially intact from last year. Arguably, I would say definitely, in my opinion, the top two uh, A and B receiving uh, threats in the entire NFL between Hill and Waddle. So a lot to like about this Dolphins team. It's all about health. I, I, I can't stress enough bringing in Fanny Pack Fangio. Uh, there was a big battle going on with two other teams specifically to bring him in and the Dolphins landed him. So a lot yeah. to like about this Dolphins team this year, if they can navigate that schedule and stay healthy at the quarterback position. All right. One final team to go in the AFC East. The Bill Belichick-led New England Patriots wags. The Bill Belichick-led New England Patriots that are last as far as odds to win division. Win total, six and a half. Ooh, six and a half, minus 140. If you want to go over that, plus 120 if you want to go under New England this year and their win total to win in the, the division, eight to one, to win the conference, 35 to one, Super Bowl, 75 to one. I even saw Circa very sharp book moved to 90 to one, 90 to one yesterday. It might, might have something to do with them signing Zeke Elliott's one year, $6 million. I tweeted yesterday. They overpaid by about $6 million. I don't, Your thoughts on the <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't agree with you. I, I, I don't, I know where you're coming from. Um, so I, I get that, but you know, I think with Belichick, the sign was okay. Look, Last year, most people don't realize that the Patriots were in playoff contention in week 18, the last sure. week of the season. Sure. Um, they started off 5-4 and four last year, ended up 8-9, and nine, so obviously trailed off a little bit, um, some to, due to schedule. Mac Jones, I mean, beyond a huge question mark at this point, potentially a huge liability for New England. Um, but Belichick brings in Bill O'Brien. Um, some might call this, you know, maybe not the, 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 the best – Idea. I I like it, man. But Compared I, yeah, to where no, they no. were with Patricia and Joe Judge, I mean, oh, without a doubt, I, that's where I was going with it. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. actually a, a very good play because Bill O'Brien now can babysit Mac Jones, make him a better, you know, as good of a quarterback. Because Bill O'Brien is a very, very good with quarterbacks. He's a very good quarterback coach. He's going to be calling the plays, managing Mac Jones. Um, they can keep their ground game behind a fairly solid line. Um, with two hard runners with Ramondre Stevenson and newly acquired Zeke Elliott. Now, again, here's my point. I don't really think that much of Zeke, but for this system and the way that Belichick uses these backs, um, I think it'll actually work, right? You're going to keep two fairly large running backs who, who are speedy um, as well, but keep them fresh or as fresh as you can, fresh legs in this system um, with two hard-nosed kind of grinders that fit this Patriot system. They'll split time. I think Belichick will keep those legs fresh. And I think offensively, they could potentially manage some games if, if Mac Jones gets better. On defense, I called for a huge drop last year, but Belichick had them coached up. Um, actually only gave up about 20.4 points a game, which finished 11th overall. Much better than where I had them. I think I had them closer to about number 20. Um and they'll try to do this again. And, um, you know, I think they can be competitive again, six and a half. I, I think it's a little low. I mean, people are, are kind of, you know, fading New England. I get it, Mac Jones and whatnot. But um, if you take a look at last year, you know, if, you know, 
somebody said, Hey, how'd the Patriots do last year? And on the spot, I was, I would have said, you know, maybe they won six, six games. Um, they were much better than that. So, um, you know, one thing that kind of goes against my initial thoughts, you know, of going over six and a half is that schedule. I have them the fifth toughest schedule in the league. Um, you know, again, you got Philly, you got the Saints on the schedule, uh, the Chargers, Kansas City. You got to go to Denver. Um, you know, it, it's not that easy. And Dallas, you got to go on the road to Dallas. So, um, yeah, very, very difficult schedule. I think it can't be overstated enough, the, the, the coaching. I mean, Mac Jones, he had a pretty solid rookie year. He was going to win rookie of the year until Jamar Chase you know, took took him over toward the latter part of the year. And then for whatever reason, and arguably the worst decision he's ever made as head coach, Bill Belichick brings in Matt Patricia and Joe Judge to kind of co-run the offense. Mac Jones publicly stated his displeasure with that. And obviously that didn't go well. So they're, they're gone. And look, Bill O'Brien, you can say what you want about Bill O'Brien. He's, he's one of these guys, very similar to Fangio, in my opinion, a solid assistant. Right. Um, maybe not the best head coach, maybe not the best GM, as we saw in Houston. But I think, if anything, that's probably worth at least a win or two just on the, on the uh, fact that Mac Jones is going to have competent coaching now. Yeah. Uh, to, to your ACL, look, just yeah. real quick, to your point, I'm looking at some stats here. Time of possession last year, t- ranked 28th. Third down conversions in the league, Patriots ranked 27th. Total yards per game, Patriots ranked 26th. Um, but you look at completion percentage, eighth overall, uh, 66.3%. I mean, yeah, he's not throwing the ball down the field. Um, but you know what? You bring in a Bill O'Brien, you bring in a different play caller that's not Matt Patricia, um, and Joe Judge. I mean, these guys, I mean, uh, isn't Patricia a defensive coordinator, right? Like, he's it was, it was odd. Yeah. Very odd. Um, very weird for Belichick to do. I mean, I guess he's loyal to his staff, um, or his, you know, his his old staff to bring him back in just to to do something but um yeah that that didn't work out too well it did not the patriots wags have never missed the playoffs in two straight years under bill belichick in his 23 years as head coach so certainly the odds would say that that is about to change this year as you mentioned six and a half strength of schedule i believe you said what fourth i I have them okay fifth i have the number one meaning the the single most difficult schedule in the entire NFL. A lot of that obviously has to do with them being in the AFC East and the fourth best team in the division. So they have to play the other two teams each twice. So that's their point differential last year, plus 17. I mean, they were actually a a, a net positive last year in terms of, of overall points. You mentioned they were a game out of the playoffs, finishing with eight wins the year before they had 10. They did have 10 wins in Mac Jones' rookie year when he had a competent coaching. So there's that turnover differential last year. They were plus seven. Um it, it's just hard when you see that number one circled next to strength of schedule <laughs> to like a team going into the year, even if you have arguably the greatest coach of all time. So um, we'll see. Could be a, a I don't want to say rebuilding year, but could be a down year for the, for this Patriots team. They, for all indications, they really wanted Dalvin Cook, couldn't land him. I think once the writing was on the wall there, they went after Zeke. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I expect Mac Jones to play a whole lot better. Not sure that there's going to be a ton of Bailey Zappi uh, <laughs> movement. Some people I know are playing Mac Jones unders as far as touchdowns, passing yards, because they expect exactly what happened last year. Maybe Zappi gets a start or two. And if that happens, and you probably cash a Mac Jones under passing if Zappi gets a couple starts there. So 
Anything else on the AFC East Wags before we move to the AFC North? No, nothing on the AFC East. Uh, some people might be wondering, well, where's Cap and Wags? Number who has Cap and Wags most difficult difficult schedule? Yeah, uh, you'll you'll have to listen when we get to the NFC East. The NFC where, East. I think I might know who it is. That's where it is. Sadly, that, uh, it's for uh, for a new new owner. Yes. Yes. <laughs> understood. Understood. All right. That is the AFC North, or excuse me, the AFC East. We're going to make our way now to the AFC North. Again, all the packages are up on the website, acl-sports.com. Check them out. College, NFL, futures, all the futures that you could ever want are in the futures package. Every win total, every future that we make uh, in that package is available separately and, and it's available for free if you buy any full year football package. So it comes with that absolutely free. There we go. All right, my man. One division down, one more to go on this podcast. AFC North. Divisional odds. Here are the numbers to win the division. The Cincinnati Bengals wags come in as the favorites, plus 150 to win the North. The Baltimore Ravens right behind them, plus 235. Cleveland Browns, plus 380. Pittsburgh Steelers, plus 450. I mean, one of the tightest, tightest divisions in the entire NFL where the fourth favorite is still under five to one. That's fairly rare. I think it just goes from my money to, to... the depth of this conference, I mean, we'll talk about all four teams. The lowest win total, which is the Steelers, is eight and a half. That's the lowest, right? I mean, there's other teams, you know, four and a half, five. There's a lot of sixes, sevens out there, et cetera. The lowest win total is eight and a half, and it's juiced. So they're expected to win nine games. So the last place team in this division is expected to win nine games, uh, which just goes to the depth of this uh, of this division. Here we go, Wags. We are going to start off. With the Cincinnati Bengals, the Joe Burrow-led Bengals, and I say that the smile on, on my face because I love watching him play, and we got a scare a couple weeks ago at training camp when he went down, but it looks like he's going to be fine. Now, when he comes back is still a question mark, and we have seen some under money enter the market on this team on this win total of 10.5, minus 130 on the over, plus 110 on the under. Now, there are a handful of shops that have 11.5 juiced heavily to the under, so keep that in mind as well. Always shop around. There's a lot of alt-win totals now pretty much in every single book. There's DraftKings, I know, has a pretty cool slider. You can just move it up and down if you want to adjust the numbers and the juice changes as well. So you can always kind of get the number that you want nowadays as far as win total goes. As I mentioned, to win the division, plus 150. To win the conference, plus 550. To win the Super Bowl, 11-1 to 1, right there as far as the top tier. Wags, your thoughts on this Cincinnati Bengals team, the AFC North favorites heading into the year? Yeah, first I, I want to point out that it's it's kind of cool that DraftKings has the slider now on the app because it makes it was, easier. Yeah. Well, not only that, I was reading somewhere that it, you know if you like the under, go move it up and to get some extra points, or if you like the o- over, I'm sorry, go move it down. Get get uh, plus yeah, money. You're get, saying get yeah. plus money because um, most of the time, I think it's like seventy percent of the time. And again, don't quote me on that, but it's somewhere there, and it could even be more that. They're, the the sharps are not as sharp on these preseason numbers, and if um, you know, oftentimes, like seventy percent of the time, it goes at least you know one win beyond one win. Not a half. Different. Half does, right. The half does not come come exactly. into play. Exactly. So yep. you're better off kind of going and and go, kind of going all in and just moving it one number, get that plus money. Um, 
so just a little tidbit there. As far as the Bengals, look, their offensive line was significantly improved last year. Um, it showed the Bengals gave up 10 less sacks than they, they did the year before. Um, they'll also improve again, likely. Um, you know, I think they bring in Orlando Brown. So that's pretty exciting for them. Um, you know, they have Joe Burrow, who I suspect will be 100% by the time this year starts. Not 99, I think. This injury, personally, I think, you know, he's fine. Um, again, th- this is not something that I have a source that told me he's fine. It's just something that I believe. I think they're going to be extra cautious. I think he'll begin the year and he'll be just perfectly, um, you know, the Joe Burrow that we know. Now, whether or not mentally he's fine and there and, like, doesn't hesitate, that's another – that's a different story. Um but, you know, he's got one of the most stacked wide receiver groups in the NFL with Chase, Higgins, and Boyd. They also bring in Irv Smith Jr., who's kind of been a bit of a disappointment in his career with injuries and whatnot. But he's definitely got some upside. And at running back, they got, you know, Joe Mixon. It's going to be their lead back. Um, you know, some people are slightly down on Mixon this year. I think he's going to be on the field most snaps. A lot of people are down on him as yeah, far as fantasy. So, I, I've I've been hearing the same thing. Yep. So th- that's interesting. I, I kind of like Mixon Mixon this year. Um, you know, I think their offensive line's a little bit better. Um, you know, maybe the Burrow thing has a negative impact on Burrow or, or something like that. Maybe they go a little bit more to the run, um, but they'll certainly be in the red zone. Mixon will certainly be on the field because if you look behind Mixon. They lose Samaje Pirine, and they don't really have anybody um, beyond that. So I think we'll see Mixon a lot. Defensively, they were number six overall in points per game with just over uh, – given up just over 20 points. I think it was like 20.1. Um, they'll be stout up front. But I have some concerns in the back, in the defensive secondary. They lose Von Bell. They lose Jesse Bates. Um, you know, extremely solid pair at safety. Um, and, and, you know, as far as their schedule, it's really not too bad. I have them right in the middle of the pack at 16. Mm-hmm. Um, they should be favored in all but maybe three or four games this year. Um, you know, some of those divisional games, right? So uh, one of them at Kansas City towards the end of the year on New Year's Eve. So. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the, I think there's a lot to like about this Bengals team. The schedule's okay. How's Joe Burrow going to come off of this? I think he should be okay. But more importantly, how's that defense going to be? Because, you know, they lose a couple of key uh, key guys in the secondary, and they're playing a much tougher division. So, um, frankly, I think I'm actually staying off this Bengals total. Um, just not something that I want to mess with in this division. Yeah, I mean, for now – just because I don't know when Burrow's coming back. I agree with you. I think I think he's going to be fine. However, when you're looking at win totals, a game or two is massive, obviously, if he's not playing. Right? Yep. So just week one, Cincinnati at at Cleveland, that line is down to minus one and a half, uh, Cincinnati's favorite. So, I mean, the market thinks that, that at least there's a shot that he might not play in that game. Back-to-back, um, uh, first, first and second week, two divisional games at Cleveland, right. home versus Baltimore. So maybe he does play, right? Just because they're like, hey, if it was non-division, non-conference, you know, that's one thing. Um, you mentioned Orlando Brownwags. I had that circled as well, which is huge. I mean, do you remember the draft a couple years ago when the whole debate was, should they take Chase or should they take uh, Penesuf Morgan? They mm-hmm. wound up with Chase and everyone's like, well, you know, Burrow, he just came off this ACL. He needs protection, et cetera. Now they have it. In, in all in a run. I mean, exactly. that is a huge, huge, huge signing, which I think is not getting talked about enough. So I, I love that they're uh, 
you know, stacking guys up there. The Joe Burrow effect that I've been I've been seeing it phrased is very real. I mean, guys want to come play with this guy, right? They they love his kind of winning attitude, his demeanor, et cetera. So I yeah, think a positive swag. There we in go. In my opinion, right? So you agree with at, you. Yeah. You look at Rogers, and you're like, eh. And 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 sorry to go back to Rogers because I know we already talked about the Jets, but you look at Rogers. I mean, I was listening to some some commentary about the receivers dealing with Rogers, where Rogers gave him some hand signals and basically said, "Hey, when I do this, these are the routes, these are the audibles." You know, when they touch their helmet or their hip or what you know, doing a sure. you know a thumb up or whatever it is, and then the next week. Or even d- during the game, he's changing it. He's basically having these receivers try to learn on the fly, and it's way too much for them. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know if it's it's a cockiness that he's like, yeah, I can do this, and you know, you need to keep up with me or, or what. But you know, it's just not normal. Where Burrow is just a complete, you know, Joe winner. Cool. Yeah, Joe yeah. Cool. He he comes across super chill, but has that swag, like the kind of like that silent assassin. Yeah. Yep. Agree with all that. Uh, numbers, you mentioned middle of the pack schedule. I agree with you. I have them 13th as far as strength of schedule difficulty. Point differential last year, plus 96. So top three in the entire conference, certainly best in the division last year. And turnover differential, they were yeah, plus six. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Yep. Okay, plus six in turnover. Plus six. Turnover, yep, so. plus six in turnover differential. So look, they won 12 games last year. They won 10 games the year before. So if you can get an 11 and a half out there, Certainly, they probably are going to have some turnover um, regression. The schedule is is fine. Um, and then, it, look, if Burrow doesn't play a game or two, maybe they split those first two games wags. And then, you know what, they, they have to win 11 more. Uh, they, sorry, they would have to win 11 out of the remaining uh, 15 games, or sorry, 16 games to go over this total. So I, I can certainly understand why people are taking a shot on this under 11 and a half. And Hey, maybe he misses two or three or four games, right? Maybe it's worse than, than they're letting on. So um, I think that they were probably a candidate for regression anyway, just based on kind of where they've been and this number being higher than it's ever been for this team. And I think the other three teams in the division, as we'll get to are much stronger than last year as well. So I certainly can understand why someone might take a shot on 11 and a half on, on the, uh, on the Bengals here. Yep. No doubt. All right, moving along, Wags, to another team in this division, the Baltimore Ravens. The Lamar-led Baltimore Ravens. It was maybe unclear a few months ago if we would be saying that at this podcast. However, they got their contract signed. They all kissed and made up, apparently, and he is in camp looking good and ready to go. Win total, 10. His wallet's looking good, too. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Good for him. 10, minus 130 on the over plus 100 if you want to go under that. To win the division, they're the second favorite, plus 235. To win the conference, 10-1. to 1. To win the Super Bowl, 18-1. to 1. I mean, look, Wags, for me with this Ravens team, obviously it all kind of starts with Lamar. I, I Not that I worry, but it's just something I think about is did he lose the locker room last year? Because I think it's pretty clear at this point what was going on. He could have played. I think he didn't want to play. He was, quote, hurt. I'm not saying that it wasn't a real injury, but he probably could have played. And he was, look, protecting himself. I get it. Didn't want to get hurt. Totally fine if that's his prerogative. It's just, does he have to earn that trust back in the locker room after not showing up for, you know, half the games, or sorry, the the final month of the season, including the playoff game, which they lost. So that's just something that at least I think about. I think it'll be fine. Um, All indications are in preseason. Locker room's fine. They've all kind of kissed and made up. but 
it was just, you know, one factor when handicapping the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see that. Look, Ravens made the playoffs last year. They lost with, you know, Tyler Huntley at quarterback, as you mentioned, Lamar, you know, kind of opted out, if you will. Right. Um, but, you know, he, he, he's kind of back and he's back with his old sort of college offense with a three wide receiver spread, which is going to be a completely different look for the Ravens this year um, than we've seen over the last several years. Um, he's got Odell. Zay Flowers, that they who they drafted, who who everybody seems to be he high on. Looks good. He looks good. Yeah, looks real good. And then Rashad Bateman, who again, kind of injuries. He's kind of a question mark, you know, as far as injuries and and kind of just kind of being a head case. Um, but this could be. I mean, it doesn't sound like it because it's not a great wide receiver core. Could be his best. <laughs> Oh, I think it absolutely is. Which is um, saying, which is telling you all, all you need to know about what yeah, they've given him in the last exactly. five years. Right. Yeah. So they they haven't given him much. Um, he they got Mark Andrews. We'll see what happens with J.K. Dobbins. Right. I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of been um, a situation to monitor over the last Gus Edwards, know, yeah, few months. But yeah, they got Dobbins, who you know, with contract issues and injury prone, and um, Gus Edwards back. They 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 signed Melvin Gordon, right? Who who again? You know, is he even? Someone to to be concerned it's like about, Zeke. yeah, it's like right. no, exactly, right. So um, he's a name. Just kind yeah. of monitor it. Um, I think the biggest thing with with Lamar is not even like the guy's good, right? The guy makes plays. He's a big playmaker, but throwing the ball, and if they're gonna ask him to throw more, he's been very inconsistent as a passer. So he's streaky, streaky. So th- there are times where he looks like the MVP quarterback that could take his, you know, should take his team to a Super Bowl. And there are times that he looks like Zach Wilson, right? So, uh, you know, I think there, you know, it's how, how will he adjust to this offense, which I think will be a really big driving force here. Um, defensively, they'll be good. I don't think they're going to be as great as they have been. I do like Roquan Smith. I do like Patrick Queen in the middle, though. I think their front seven is going to be really good. It's kind of the back end of the D that gives me a little bit of concern, um, but I still think, you know, it's Harbaugh and, like, he, he's going to have their defense just, you know, they'll be they'll be good. Um, schedule, not too bad. I have them in the, you know, closer to, like, 25 27 to be exact i know aclu and i kind of talked about this because you know we'll talk a little bit about our free play later um but you know what i put a huge weight on is not only do they have nine home games they also play an extra game in london which is a neutral field so they have almost like nine and a half um home games in a sense right because sure. the, the tennessee game is not in in tennessee it's it's in london so um, that's something to kind of keep an eye on as well and you know yes they have the tough division schedule i think they get a lot of their tougher out of division games um at home like detroit and miami um so that'll you know seattle uh and they go to they, who are they playing on the road you know again their division games cincy cleveland pitt they play Tennessee and London. They play at Arizona. So, I mean, that's kind of a, a joke of a game. They do have at LA Chargers, and they do have at San Fran, and they do have at Jacksonville. Those three games um, are going to be, you know, probably their toughest games. But I think they're going to be favored in most games this year, um, you know, especially those non-divisional games. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and you mentioned the passing. I mean, they bring in Todd Munkin as the new OC. Yep. And we'll talk about this a little bit later. But I mean, from a passing perspective, 
all indications are they're going to be throwing the ball a ton compared to where they were before. He has his best receiving core that he's ever had. Uh, I know a lot of folks taking shots on on Lamar to lead the division in passing. DraftKings has that up. Uh, Lamar passing touchdowns over. Lamar passing yards over. Uh, to throw the most interceptions is actually out there as well, just because just they're going to be throwing the ball more. So uh, all indications are, as I mentioned, that was the plan. And as the preseason has gone along, training camp, word out of there is that that is exactly what's going to be happening. Yeah, so, I also just want to point out, when I say their defense, I expect them to drop. They're going to drop because – Last year, they were great defensively. Mm-hmm. They ranked third in points per game. They ranked fourth in third down conversion. Um, yeah, I mean, they were like overall, you know, pretty much a top three to five defense in, in the league. So um, that's kind of why I just don't think they sustain that. I think, you know, maybe they drop, but they'll still be a top 10. All right, moving along, the third team in the north, the Cleveland Browns wags. The Deshaun Watson led Cleveland Browns win total nine and a half plus one fifteen on the over, minus one thirty five on the under. There are nines as well out there, juice to the over. To win the division, they are the third favorite. <coughs> Excuse me, plus three eighty. To win the conference, eighteen to one. To win the Super Bowl. Ooh, can you imagine if that happens? The Cleveland Browns winning the Super Bowl thirty five to one. Obviously, the elephant in the room in the last year was Deshaun Watson and his big contract. It did not reset the quarterback contract market, uh, which is sort of that outlier. Good for him getting all that money, I guess. Um, But yeah, he struggled last year, whether that was mental, whether that was adjusting, whether that was not having training camp, whatever, only seven touchdowns and five interceptions for Deshaun Watson. Um, He has a full off season to prepare. They brought in some new guys as well. I would actually argue that their coach, Kevin Stefanski, who's a couple years removed from a a coach of the year award, which always seems to happen, uh, is actually on the hot seat. Right. And it's unfortunate because I think he's a pretty darn good coach. He's in a very tough division. But look, the numbers are what they are. 17th strength of schedule this year. So right in the middle, a below average schedule for them to navigate this year. Point differential last year, negative 20. Uh, and they were minus one in turnovers last year. So certainly regression uh, happened. And now I think it could potentially go in the other way this year. Seven win team last year uh, with a nine, nine and a half season win total this year. Yeah, look, I think the the heat on Stefanski is a little um, out of line, to be honest. I agree. He took and turned Jacoby Brissett into a leader of that that offense. You know, Jacoby Brissett couldn't do anything in Miami. He finds his way to Cleveland. Deshaun Watson, we all know what happened. Next thing you know, Jacoby Brissett is taken over. Um, And to be honest, he – was the reason why the Browns were kind of competitive when, when Watson came in, Watson looked terrible. He he didn't look very good. I mean, and with reason he hadn't played in a while, so he had to shake off some of that rust. But um, while Deshaun didn't look like his old self last year, late in the season, um, as I mentioned, I think negatively impacted their offense when he came in. I think, you know, a lot of that negative press and negative publicity is kind of, I wouldn't say it's over, right? It's still going to be there on the fringe, but it's more peripheral than it was right in your face. Um, Watson's going to be focused on football. He's getting the reps that he needs. Um, they bring in Elijah Moore. They they sign Marquise Goodwin. They add Cedric Tillman in the draft. Um, you know, these three go 
you know, are, are, are all behind Amari Cooper and, and, you know, there's Donovan Peoples Jones there. there. He's got plenty of depth at receiver, plenty of targets. Not, you know, I didn't even mention David Njoku, who um, is a big body tight end and a really good, you know, uh, offensive red zone target. Their offensive line is one of the best in the entire NFL. I think I have him ranked number two. And that's what um, Jedrick Will's not playing well. I mean, if he can yeah. step up and play slightly better, you're talking top Arguably yeah, the best offensive the line best in the entire line. NFL, yeah, without yeah. without a doubt. And I think I have the Eagles, you know, up there as well. Yep. Um, but they have the best running back in football. In my, yeah, I mean, arguably, I mean, I don't want to say the best, but arguably one of the best running backs sure. and, and the most consistent. Big big back, Nick Chubb. I mean, behind this big offensive line, it gives Watson the ability to kind of open up the pass, and it gives Chubb the ability to have that pass open up those holes in the run. So, you know, I think the Browns, if Deshaun Watson could get back to his old form, you know, <laughs> could could be a really really sneaky good team. Um, the biggest issues though are defense, right? I mean, mm-hmm. to me. You know, again, you have Miles Garrett. The guy is an absolute stud. I'm not talking about him. Um, Zadarius Smith, solid, but they need to improve. And I think the uh, another key acquisition here is the defensive coordinator that they bring in, Jim Schwartz. Now, again, this is one of those examples, like a Fangio, like we talked in the college podcast, where you know you talk about Randy Shannon and and um, Manny Diaz, really good defensive coordinators or coordinators not good head coaches. That's the same thing with Jim Schwartz. So I think Jim Schwartz comes in, um, you know, how quickly they react and, and gel with him as the defensive coordinator will be interesting, but um, they should be, um, you know, somewhat improved. They need to be improved if they, if they want to go over their win total and if they want to compete for their division, but I think they can. Um, I really do. I, I, you know, a lot will fall on the defense and Schwartz and a lot will fall on Watson, but um, you know, I'd rather put, we'll talk about the Steelers later with um, Pickett. I'd rather put my money on a Deshaun Watson than a, than a Kenny Pickett. Yeah. I mean, for me, there's really only two down two two kind of negatives going into the year. If you want to take an under on the Browns, two reasons to do so or just want to pass or don't like them this year. Number one is that it's the Browns, right? It's very, it's very narrative based. It's, do you want to go into a season with expectations for this team? And we all know this year, I, I, you know, I don't need to recap it, but it is the Cleveland Browns, right? There's that. And number two, sort of an underreported thing. You're not going to hear much about it is the kicking game. Not special teams overall, but the kicking game, Cade York, their kicker, just 24 of 32 made field goals last year, and he's already 0-2 in the preseason. <laughs> that is a problem. That will lose you not one. That will lose you multiple games in a very close division with teams that are tight, especially in cold weather games where games the scoring off, is often depressed. So there are already conversations about bringing in Mason Crosby. That's always a red flag for me when I hear they're having kicking tryouts in mid-August. Yeah, um, not good. Not good. Not good. I mean, seriously, not good. I not generally going to take a, an over on a team that has kicking issues because that literally will lose you two to three games a year. If you, if your guy has no confidence, you've seen it uh, throughout history. So keep an eye on that. Mason Crosby is out there and they might bring him in. So we shall see how that goes. All right, Wags, the final team here as we make our way through the North, the Pittsburgh led Sorry, the Mike Tomlin-led Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin never had a losing year. Not sure if you've heard that stat. Huh. Uh, 
Never had a losing season in the NFL. So we'll see. This might be the year. Here are the numbers on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Eight and a half win total. Minus 140. So the, the, the market is saying that they will go nine and eight. Plus 120 if you want to go under. To win the division, they are the long shot. Plus 450 to win the conference. 30 to one. For Mike Tomlin and Kenny Pickett to raise the Lombardi Wags this year. 50 to one. Um, look, here are some of the numbers on Pittsburgh. Strength of schedule. The easiest by my numbers strength of schedule, uh, not only in this division, but one of the, in, in the entire NFL, 25th. So 25th strength of schedule, point differential last year, negative 38. So they outperformed by having nine wins, plus four on the turnover differential side. A huge year for Kenny Pickett. Obviously that, you know, can he make that that leap? Um, they bring in Patrick Peterson, which I thought was a really good signing, not for lock, not for on field necessarily at this point in his career, but for a mentor to Joey Porter, their first round pick. I love that pick a lot. Uh, yeah, right around that eight and a half, nine wins. Uh, I, I would like this Pittsburgh team if they weren't in arguably in my, for my money, the hardest division in the NFL, your thoughts on Pittsburgh here going in. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to like about, Pittsburgh. They have a lot going for them. Um, one, as you mentioned, I have them 22nd ranked schedule. You have them 25th. I, th- I think they're one of the easier schedules in the league. They have nine home games. Okay. Here are their road games. Let's talk about, you know, usually a tough road game means a loss. Okay. Here are their road games at Vegas. Nah, not too tough. No. At Houston. At Rams. Okay. They have at Cleveland and Cincinnati because they have to play them. At the Colts, at Seattle, and then they also have to play Baltimore. Yeah, all of they, those games—they might be favored in half those games. Right. right, all of those games are all winnable outside of their division. Right, so the three games that they have on the road in the division, like probably going to lose them all. To be honest, right, mm-hmm. those are like must wins for home teams in the division. All three of those teams slightly better, um, but yeah, Tomlin's always a winner. He shocked me last year with a nine and eight record. He had 9-8 record, 300 and point, 308 points for, 346 points against. So my, my, my brain was somewhat right, um, but you know they, they ended up winning uh, and going 9-8. and eight. They improved their offensive line, okay, which now I have them as a number 12 offensive line. So a top 12 line, you're basically in the top third. Pickett backs up, is back on their center. Look, he was 7-5 and five last year, but his numbers are, are really not that great. But he has the benefit of Najee Harris and a wide receiver core like Deontay Johnson and George Pickens and Allen Robinson, who, yes, is older. But Allen Robinson as a three receiver, pretty, pretty solid, in my opinion, right? He's not their number one. So he kind of comes into a role and maybe uh, brings some of that experience and, and locker room presence to um, to this team. Pat Fryermuth, a solid tight end. So he has all of the talent um, to succeed. And and I'm going to get back to that. But defensively, they should improve. Um, They didn't give up too many points last year, plus eight differential on turnovers, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken. They were plus four, plus four. Oh, plus four. Okay. Um, But gave up a ton of yards, specifically against the pass. Um, I suspect them to get better defensively. They're going to have a healthy TJ Watt. If he can stay healthy, he's going to put a lot more pressure on quarterbacks, which means they're going to get the ball out faster, which basically typically helps the secondary out. Um, They get Patrick Peterson back there, should make the group better. But all of that said, it all comes back to Kenny Pickett. Mm -hmm. And how will Kenny Pickett perform? 
I'm personally not sold on Pickett. Um, and, you know, I think this team's success is purely driven on him. Last year, seven touchdowns, nine picks. Right. Seven and five as a starter, though, right? So, like, you know, where do you go, right? Seven and five as a starter because of those teammates around him. Mitch Trubisky, you know, maybe. That's where you go. Right. Well, mm, you know what? Maserati, Wags. How, how about this? If the Pittsburgh Steelers brought in Aaron Rodgers, which I know they wouldn't because Pickett was their number one pick and yada, 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 this team – we would be talking about yeah. a lot more and they, they would have the high second favorite. Yeah, sure. Correct. Sure. So no, I absolutely agree with all that. Um, yeah. It, it, I also think Pickett will get better. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know if he's like the guy at his career, the guy now to make magic happen. Yeah. I have red flags as well. Uh, look, last year they won nine games. The year before they won nine games. This year their win total implies they're going to win. Nine games. Nine games. Right. So, and it's Mike Tomlin, and he doesn't lose. So, there we go. Most likely, I'm either taking under or running away. It's probably the latter because last year I took under, I got burned, and Tomlin is just Tomlin, right? right. Somehow, master he gets, motivator. Not yeah. great on field. X's and O's going for it, not going for it. Kicking field goal is not the best. But yeah, I mean, if you can get a nine and you can go under that, they got to win. T- you know, they have to go ten and seven to uh, to beat you in this division. Mm. The other thing for me is Matt Canada, right? Entering his third season as OC uh, on the hot seat. Don't love what they've done. They only averaged 18 uh, points per game last season, tied for 26 in the league. So could be a, a big year for Mr. Canada there. We shall see. All right, Wags, that is the AFC North. That is the AFC East. We still have to do one final thing on this podcast, and that is give out a free play, which we will do. If you guys have any questions, thoughts, comments, concerns, please let us know through the website, through DMs. And if you have two seconds, please leave us a five-star review on the pod, a nice comment, which is always nice. It's always great to see as well. Um, but yeah, those five-star reviews definitely help. All you got to do is literally click the fifth star there, and that's it. It takes about a second. You definitely do appreciate it. All right, Wags, free play time. Do you like me to do the honors, or do you want to jump in? This, this is a play that Wags and I discussed, and we both like. It is a win total on a team in the north here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll take uh, take a stab at it. We are uh, going to take the Baltimore Ravens over 10 at, over mi- 10. at minus 130. At minus 130. We talked about it. I didn't have the numbers right in front of me. Thank you, ACL. Um, there are nine and a halves out there with a super juice um, to the over. Uh, we're comfortable at 10. We don't want to pay that juice. Um, and you could probably get the 10 and a half on a sliding scale sure. um, as well. Um, but, you know, we're, we're taking it at 10, juiced at minus 130. We like Baltimore. Um, we like the team that they've put together. The offensive line's getting better. The, you know, y- you have Lamar Jackson who got paid. Um, while ACL did mention, you know, m- Will, will this locker room, you know, were they negatively impacted by, you know, how he chose to play that out last year? Um, you know, I, I, maybe, but I think they let bygones be bygones. Lamar gets paid. He comes in, starts fresh. He's got receivers. He's got a new offense. He's got some talent surrounding him. I think this offense will be really good defensively. Um, you know, it's the Ravens, right? That's kind of in their DNA. Um, yes, it's a tough division. I really like the schedule. I talked about it earlier. In my opinion, they have one of the easiest um, schedule in this division. 
they play nine and a half home games, right? Because they got nine at home and that half um, in London against Tennessee. Their um, their road games are, are, are manageable. Again, we mentioned Arizona. We mentioned, um, you know, uh, the Chargers, right? Right before a bye week, um, they play three in a row at home. Then they go to the Chargers. That'll be a tough game. At San Fran's going to be tough, you know. But I think they're going to be favored in probably about 13 or 14 yep. games this year. Yeah. Um, and, and with a, a total of 10, I'm taking that, that over. I like it. I do as well. Yeah. Uh, Wags mentioned, mentioned it, the, you know, over 10 and a half minus 130 is the play. Uh, there's 10 and a halves, obviously juice to the over. There's nine and a halves. If you want to go over and pay some more juice around minus 160. So those are options as well, but we are taking minus 10. Uh, we, it, you know, if you want to see here, some of the other points that we talked about with the Ravens, definitely timestamped uh, in the, uh, in the notes there. I, I, I mentioned, you know, the, the distractions, I, it, it, it's a thing, but it's certainly not enough to keep me off this one total. And it's quite frankly, the only thing that could have ever kept me off this one total because all the other things point to this team going over 10, um, you know, 10 wins. I, I, I mentioned plus 35 uh, as far as their point differential last year. So when you have that as a starting point, I kind of see 10 as their floor going into this year, a happy, healthy Lamar, new wide receiver weapons, a flowers OBJ along with really an entire new offensive scheme. That's focusing on getting the ball downfield more, right? A more of tempo pace and emphasis on the passing game by Todd Munkin, who replaces Greg Roman as OC. So it, there's just a ton for me to like about this Ravens team heading into the year. Strength of schedule about NFL average for my numbers. Wags has it much lower, which is good. They have their bye week also late in the year, which is something that I, I always I always circle. It's in week 13. I like getting them a being rested that final five game stretch down the year when other teams are usually banged up, it's usually good for another half win or so um, as far as the, 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 uh, the metrics go. So Baltimore yes. over 10 minus minus one thirty is the free play here. One, one, and one more thing to add there, right? They mm-hmm. open up their season against Houston at home. Okay. Right. Houston, they're going to be a 10, probably likely what nine and a half or 10 point favorite. Yeah, um, Baltimore's nine and a half right now. Right. So, you know, they're not going to have to give away too much, right? I think they're going to be able to handle them. I don't think they're going to have to like go deep into their uh, playbook and, and really like kind of, you know, it's not like they're playing Cleveland week one, but guess who is Cincinnati sure. and guess, and guess who Baltimore plays week two Cincinnati. Okay. So Cincinnati has back to back divisional games. Yes. It's at it. The game ends up being at Cincinnati, but if Burrow doesn't, play or you know maybe that's his first game you know that's going to be an interesting matchup because Baltimore um, might be able to score again we'll see how this Mm -hmm. new offense is Um, and if they can Burrow's going to have to keep up with that and if it's Burrow's first game back or you know something happens to his calf or whatever uh, you know you can almost it's going to be a tight game. And I, you know, I don't, is there a look ahead line for that game? That Baltimore no, they, they, Cincinnati game? No, or? they've taken them all down for the Bengals games just because they yeah. don't know. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's a great point. I mean, look, if Burrow winds up not playing that game, obviously that helps the win total. We'll just, we'll yeah, just say I, that. I would probably so. make that game two and a half, right? Since it's yeah. two and a half, which ends up being like kind of a coin flip. So, yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. That's the free play. We're Lamar fans this year, Wags. Not necessarily playoff Lamar, which hasn't really been a thing, but we are regular season Lamar, which has been a thing. So Ravens over 10. All right, that is eight teams down. Solid stuff today. We are back 
uh, later this week with the rest of the AFC, right? We're going to be doing the South and the West together. So those eight teams will be given a free play out as well with one of those teams. So be on the lookout for that. Anything else, Wags, before we close up shop here on the AFC East and North that, podcast? That is it. I think we shot for an hour. We overshot by about 10 minutes. I think we did a pretty pretty good job for uh, the first pod out of four, and we will uh, be back next this week. Yeah, toward um, the end of the week, I believe. Yeah, so perfect. Got to double check the schedule, but that is the plan, and obviously we'll be tweeting it out um, when it becomes available. All right. One down, three to go. Good stuff. NFL is back, baby. Cannot wait. All right. For WAGS, I'm ACL. That is the AFC East and the AFC North pod. And we'll talk to you guys later in the week with the rest of the AFC.